I'm Ingvild Kolnes and this is episode 45 of Sustainable Photography. I've made a special episode for you today, or I guess I should say with you, as I've been asking for your questions to answer. We should actually make this a regular thing, so if you have any questions you want me to cover in the podcast, you can use the link in the show notes. And you can always come over to my Instagram as well and ask me direct questions, as I love it when I hear from you. After all, I make this for you. You're listening to Sustainable Photography, where you get support and education to build your profitable business in a way that supports your way of living. I'm Ingvild Kolnes, and after 11 years as a photographer, I want to share what I've learned with you. So if you're looking for confidence, inspiration, and to-the-point tips, keep listening. For full transparency, I also want you to know that I'm a mentor with paid offers, and I might mention some of those in this episode. Okay, so let's jump right into the first question, and that is how not to compare myself to other photographers. This is a great question because it's something that we all go through. We all compare ourselves to other photographers. We all think that everyone else might have it better or have things figured out that we don't have figured out. So it's important to remember that we've all started at different times and with different skills and we have different aesthetics and different circumstances and personalities. And some might just start off and be an instant success and Others may have photographed for years and have barely made any money. First, you really have to come to terms with the fact that we all come from different backgrounds. And you shouldn't expect or even want to be the same as someone else. You have to find your own path and do things your way. After all, what's worked wonders for someone else might be a complete disaster for you. Then I also want you to know that it doesn't serve you to keep track of how and what everyone else is doing. Sure, it's okay to know something about some competitors and let yourself be inspired by what's possible, but it kind of stops there. So you shouldn't compare your prices or your style or shooting locations or anything else with what someone else might be doing, because it's not for you. And if you find yourself being jealous or if you find yourself looking at others and you're longing for what they're doing... Take that as a sign to say that this is what you want too and see if you can find a way to do something similar, but in your way. You also have to remember that we're not on the same path and we're not all going in the same direction. And there are probably someone out there right now comparing themselves to you as well, wondering when they're going to be as good or as accomplished as you are. Okay, next question. What process should I implement to finalize bookings? So let's say that you've had a meeting with a potential client or maybe you've just emailed someone and you've both agreed that you want to work together. So I strongly recommend having a contract ready and to collect information that you need to secure a retainer payment right away. If you're dragging this out, it's only going to increase the chance of something interfering with this booking. So my advice is to have everything set up before your meeting or even before your inquiries come rolling in, which means get that sorted right now. You want to get a good contract and you can find templates all over. Make sure that you have a payment and an invoicing system in place. And once the booking is made, make sure that you send out confirmation emails and more information to welcome your new client. So in short, what you need is a payment and an invoicing system and a contract. 
and a system for sending that contract out. If you're using a CRM such as Dubsado, which is my own, you can just send the contract in there or you can use Adobe Sign or something like that to get the contract signed digitally, which is a much faster process. If you want to take credit cards, you want to make sure that you have a system for that, such as Stripe, or you can use PayPal. But in many cases, you want to have an invoicing system, which you just send out the invoice and they sort out the payment on their end. And ideally, that invoicing system is part of your accounting system, which makes it all so much easier. I'm loving these questions. This is great. So next one is how to build a sustainable business. Okay, so my favorite question. So this is the whole basis for the podcast. And I and my guests, we answer pieces of this in each episode. But in short, for me, having a sustainable business means that you're doing work that you enjoy and it fits with your lifestyle. You make more money than you just need to get by so that you're prepared for ups and downs and pension and taxes and unexpected expenses and the future. And I also believe in not buying more stuff than you need to keep your environmental footprint low, which to me means less gear, less flights, less stuff, basically, and to focus more on the experience. If you want to learn more about building a sustainable and lasting business that lets you thrive, I urge you to sign up for the waitlist for the Sustainable Photography Program. It's going to open up again this fall. So go to ingvildkollnes.com or find a link in the show notes. On to question number four. What is your favorite marketing trick? Oh, okay. My favorite is SEO because I love getting inquiries on autopilot without having to post on social media all the time or to be very social in real life. But for you, the answer might be completely different because the right marketing platform for you is one that you can keep up with, something that you enjoy doing and something that's actually working for you. But I wouldn't just depend on one thing though. Make sure that you set yourself up with at least two different streams of inquiries, marketing, and don't focus on any more until those two are actually working for you. Oh, and also another thing that I would recommend that you don't do is to market to other photographers. Stop asking questions directed to other photographers on Instagram. Stop sharing about the new gear you buy. And instead, talk about how you can help your clients. Like give them tips, share things that they want to know about, and show things behind the scenes and about your daily life. But do it in a way so that they can get to know you and that it's directed to your clients and not towards other photographers. Because impressing other photographers and getting to know other photographers in one of your marketing channels like that is not a good way of attracting clients. Okay, maybe I'm rushing through these, but this is so much fun. How do I brand myself as a destination wedding photographers or just book more in different countries? Uh, this is a good question. If you want to be a destination photographer, you have to create a brand that reflects that. You have to talk about it, share tips and share photos. And it also helps if your lifestyle already supports that. Like it's unlikely to get destination work if you only focus on booking local weddings. But that does not mean that you can't use those photos. But it means that you might want to be more selective in terms of what you share 
and not to mention where you decide to write about it in captions and on your website. And you should also decide if you want to take your local clients to other destinations with you, or if you want clients from the local place to come to you, or if it's someone else that you want to take to like a third location. Because it's important to know who your target market and more specifically your dream client is, because that way you can talk directly to them. But it's all like, I almost want to say it's like an ecosystem because it's all pieces and they fit together because you want to make sure that your prices and your dream client and your marketing and your branding, it's all connected. And that's why it all ties together. But yeah, in short, that's what you have to do. Create a brand that supports your dream of doing destination work. The next question is, how can I leave my day job and be a full-time photographer? Another great question. And there's no easy answer to this. There are so many factors that come into play here. And I really wish we could have a conversation about this. But I'll just have to give you some general answers instead. Having a part-time job can be freeing to some because they'll have a steady income and they can focus on doing just what they love and it'll feel easier to say no to things they don't want to do and to charge appropriately. While to others, it's opposite. So you have to figure out what it means to you to quit your part-time job and if you're ready for that. And I also want you to remember that you're still a photographer, even though you have a job on the side. You don't automatically become better or more professional just because you don't have another job. But I'm going to assume that you love being a photographer and that you're doing pretty well since you're considering leaving your job. But since we all have different personalities, it's important to recognize that some want to play it safe and they don't want to quit until they have all the bookings that they need so that they can see clearly how they can replace their existing income. And others like a bit of pressure and they'll quit when they think they can do it if they just have a little bit more time to focus on their photography business. So if you're feeling like now's the time, I want to see if I can make this happen. I would start by making sure that your prices are calculated. Don't base your prices on someone else or what you think they should be or you think someone would pay even. I want you to calculate your expenses and I want you to figure out what you want to get paid and how much you want to work. Because so many people quit their job before they know. They just think they know and they think they know how much money is coming in, but they haven't taken into account all the expenses they have, not just now, but also in the future. So it takes a while before they realize that they're way undercharging and making a lot less money than they thought. I would actually also get some different bank accounts set up and start building a salary account right now to prepare. I would also urge you to get a mentor to make sure that you know all the things that are involved in running your business full time. And then I would actually set a deadline for when to quit and focus all your efforts into reaching that goal of quitting with all that entails, basically, be that your booking goals, buffer account, or if you need a new website. So you need a plan. And I'm super excited for you and I hope that you make it happen. And reach out if you have any questions. The next question is, how can I be a photographer in a new or a foreign country where you don't speak the language? 
So I actually started my business when I lived in a different country and I moved twice before I ended up where I live now. So I know the feeling of not having a network around you when you're starting up and that is not easy. I did always know the language though and that helps because I understand how hard that can be when you're feeling left out and you're feeling like you're the foreign one. You can feel almost like an intruder but there are actually a few ways you can approach this. And one thing that you can do is to get to know more people. And that can be people that speak your own language and people who speak the language of the country you're in. So if you're a social person, that can be really helpful because you can try new activities and you can meet friends of friends and you can invite people over. There's a lot of things you can do, but getting to know more people is helpful. Even if you're already in your own country, that's helpful. So I want you to try to figure out your niche and maybe that is working with people who are immigrants like yourself, maybe even those from the same country as you. When I started my mentoring business, I decided to go for English as the language, even though I live in Norway and that's because I often think and I learn in English and it just naturally happened that way for me. But That meant that I often attracted people in Norway who are from a different country than Norway. So it's important to keep in mind that you don't have to have the majority of people as your target audience because you don't want to work with everyone anyway. There are only a few people that you have space for in your calendar. And if there's no one serving those people, you're probably in a stronger position. And maybe you can relate to them in a better way. Maybe you can speak to them in their native language and you'll naturally have something in common. But if you want to work with people who speak the language in the country that you're in, I would focus on building my network and also learning the language. And after making this mistake myself, I actually would not create a bilingual website or create marketing messages in multiple languages. It makes things confusing and extra hard. It's a lot more work, even though it might not seem that way. So I would stick to finding your dream client and serving them really well. And once that's running smoothly, then maybe consider adding on another language or a new service if you have the time at that point. But you probably don't if it's doing really well for you. Okay, final question. How to narrow down and find my ideal client? without losing customers in the process. One of my favorite topics, finding your dream client is actually one of the steps in the sustainable photography program. It's a really important piece. And the way I believe it works best is if all the steps work together. So your dream client has to be someone that you enjoy working with. And they're also willing to pay what you ask. They would love to have what you offer. They're attracted to your brand and you draw them in through your marketing. In short, really. So to actually find them or create the profile of who they are, you can, for example, start by thinking about who you've worked with so far. Who have you loved working with and who have you not loved working with? Write down why and which traits you've enjoyed and not enjoyed. If you haven't worked with a lot of clients yet, you can think about people you know or people you just imagine in your head. You also want to think about where this person might be hanging out, what language they use. And I don't mean just language as in Norwegian or English or anything like that, but I also mean which words they use and which words they don't use, what interests they have 
and what their style is. And there's a million things you can ask yourself. When you have a clear idea of who you want to work with, your marketing will actually become easier and not harder. Sure, some people might not want to work with you, but some people always feel that way. So you might as well work towards attracting people you want to work with rather than just anyone. So if you don't have a clear ideal client, if you don't know who your dream client is, you might actually be turning that person away because your brand and your marketing isn't angled towards that person. Does that make sense? I actually want you to jump on over to episode 27 and listen to that as well, because that goes so much more in depth than this episode does. And if you want to know more, of course, sign up for the waitlist for the Sustainable Photography Program. We cover this and so much more that you just want to and need to know to build a business that you're dreaming of. Okay, that was it for this Q&A episode. And let's do another one. Send in your questions and let's do this again soon. Thanks for listening to Sustainable Photography. Head over to Instagram at Ingvil Kolnes to tell me what you want future episodes to be all about. Check out the show notes over at ingvilkolnes.com slash podcast. You can learn more about the Sustainable Photography Program and sign up for the waitlist there. To get more of this content, make sure you subscribe to the podcast and leave a review. Your support makes all the difference. Talk soon.